You're listening to Shalise's Podcast. All right. Well, Father, we thank you for yet another broadcast. We thank you that you are here with us. You are here in us. You are for us. And you have amazing things in store for us. You planned our destiny before the beginning of time so that we would do good works that would glorify you, that would demonstrate the gospel, that would show what new creations act like, which would show what new creations can do. And we can do all things. All things are possible because of the gospel. And the gospel is the power of salvation. It's the power to live like heaven is a right now reality. And we are just so grateful today, Father. We are so thankful for the good news. We are so thankful for all of the good things that are in us in Christ Jesus. And so as we uh, embark on this last part of Creative Dominion today, Father, we just say, teach us. Take us where we need to go. Enlighten the eyes of our understanding. Give us fresh manna from heaven, fresh revelation of the gospel and and all that belongs to us in Christ. We're going to follow your lead, Holy Spirit. While I'm talking, feel free to interrupt me. You do the talking. I declare that everyone has ears to hear your voice and that the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you is, is been totally lavished upon us, Lord. So we have what we need to grasp the gospel, to live the gospel and operate in the mind of Christ. So we just say yes and amen to all that you have today. We just stay on your agenda. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, awesome, you guys. Welcome. We are here for the last part of our series, uh, Creative Dominion. And I have really enjoyed this topic. I love teaching you guys about your true identity in Christ and how to co-create with God. You guys, we have been given the ability to create heaven on earth. I don't know about you, but that is mind-blowing. That is so exciting. And I am really pumped, really, today to be sharing with you kind of this last bit that I wanted to cover about this topic, Creative Dominion. And as always, we're going to kick off with some gospel goodness. And so I'm going to read a scripture this morning that I feel like I read to you guys a lot, but it is one of these scriptures that is really easy to forget and to get distracted from the truth. So let's just get a good reminder of the gospel this morning, okay? I'm gonna be reading from Colossians chapter three. I'm gonna start in verse one, verse one. And at the time of this recording, we just had Easter Sunday. So this is a really good reminder because we are celebrating the resurrection, right? So here's what it says. It says, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast on all of the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities, not with the distractions of the natural realm. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tie to this life, and now your true life is hidden away in God, in Christ. And as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed for you are now one with him and his glory. Oh my goodness, you guys, isn't this, these aren't these passages just filled with the best news you've ever heard? 
And I love how it tells us that we are to feast on all of the treasures of the heavenly realm. In other words, we are to fill our thoughts, right? With the truth, with heavenly realities. And it tells us to not get distracted with, with the natural realm. And isn't that an interesting thought that the natural realm, according to scripture, is simply a distraction. I know that for most of us, Unfortunately, we've been programmed with the pattern of this world, and so the natural realm feels like the main thing, right? It feels like the thing that we're always thinking about. We're always thinking about the problems. We're always thinking about the challenges. We're always, you know, thinking about things that aren't necessarily even real, right? They're just distractions. It's just an illusion, but the truth of the gospel is what sets us free, and it sets us free to ascend, above the natural realm. It sets us free to transcend the natural realm and frankly, to dominate the natural realm. See, you guys, we are creators. We're co-creators in Christ because of our union with him. And if we are going to create what Jesus wants to create in the natural realm, then we can't be stuck like mere human beings just living naturally, being guided by you know sensory information that's being fed to us by our five physical senses and thinking in an oh out of the old man's mind, out of an unpro out of a out of an unrenewed mind, right? We all have been programmed with nonsense really about who we are, about what is possible, about how uh, life is supposed to work. And the gospel is the announcement that we have been reborn. We have been reborn from another dimension. We have been reborn by the spirit of God to live in spiritual reality, to live in the kingdom of God. Heaven is our home, even while we still are here in the body on earth. And so this passage and another one that I'm about to read here in a moment tells us that we are here to live a co-ascended life. You know what? If you're taking notes right now, that's a phrase worth writing down. We are here to live a co-ascended life in the same way that we're here to live a co-crucified life, a co-buried life, and a co-risen life. You know, the scripture says that Christ's resurrection was our resurrection too. You guys, we are an entirely new creation. You know, I taught this Sunday at a, at a, a local fellowship here, Family Life Christian Center. And what I taught was that, you know, the, the resurrection was a, was a genesis. It was a brand new beginning in the same way at, at the very beginning of time, uh, that we, we have the account of Genesis, right? The beginning of all things. Well, in Christ, there's a new beginning. There's a new creation. It's a new Genesis. It's a Genesis of a new species of being. And those new species of being are us, right? We are his body. We are his bride. And we have been co-included in Jesus's res uh, crucifixion, his burial, his resurrection, and his co, uh, we are co-ascended with Christ. And so today I want to talk about this reality of co-ascended living. And I want to go to another scripture, this time in the Passion Translation. Oh, that was the Passion Translation as well. But I want to go, I want to go over to Ephesians chapter two. And I, I meditated on this particular passage for over a year. 
Um, if you've listened to my podcast, you know, for any length of time, you've heard about the project that God gave me to meditate on one scripture for a whole year. And the first one that he gave me from was from a uh, was from Colossians. It was one uh, twenty seven. And it's the scripture Christ in us, the hope of glory. And he had me meditate on this concept that Jesus actually lives inside of me. It's where I got the phrase from the Holy Spirit that I am Jesus in a chalice suit, right? That also I am, uh, that Jesus is in me and that I am also in him, you know? And so the second year after I had finished meditating on Ephesians 127 for a year, God took me to Ephesians 2, 6. And he said, I want you to now meditate on this truth. And this truth, let me read it to you from the Passion Translation. It says, he raised us up with Christ, the exalted one. And we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. For we are now co-seated as, as one with Christ. See, if you hang around me very long or you hang around with the Apostle Paul in Scripture very long, you're going to start to read this idea of these co-words, right? So co-crucified, co-buried, co-raised, co-ascended, co-seated. And these truths about the, the gospel, these truths about the ministry that Jesus accomplished on Calvary are revolutionary guys and not too often I feel like do we hear messages about our us being co-resurrected us being co-ascended and us being co-seated I mean we may know the scripture we are seated within in Christ uh, in, in the heavenly places but how much time have we really spent meditating on this truth and why is this truth so important, especially in the context of this series, Creative Dominion? Because the fact that we have co-ascended with Jesus and we are co-seated with him means not only do we have access to everything that, that heaven contains as a joint heir with Jesus, but we have access to experience heavenly, 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 ah, speak, Shalise, heavenly realities right now. And as a co-ascended, co-seated joint heir with Jesus, we are co-ruling with him. In other words, we are co-dominating with him. And what are we dominating? Guess what? We're dominating the world system. We are dominating the natural realm with the heavenly realities. As we feast on heavenly realities and fill our thoughts with these truths and meditate on this astonishing reality that we are in the we are in the throne room right now right it's not something that we experience when we die because we've already died yes we will experience it in a different way without the limitations of our earthly bodies when we pass on from these earthly bodies but the truth is this is a reality that is meant to be experienced now that we are in the kingdom expansion business with the father right now in the same way that jesus when he showed up on the scene and began announcing the kingdom of heaven is nigh the kingdom of heaven has arrived the kingdom of heaven is here 
right? And then he said, repent and believe the gospel. What gospel? The good news that heaven is a right now reality. He said that he was anointed to preach good news to the poor. What was the good news? That you are rich, that you are in Christ, that you are co-heirs and co-seated with me in the heavenly places. I am, he was here to wipe away the work of Adam. He was here to undo the performance base, do it yourself you know, religious system that, that, that had come to be, uh, as a result of the fall of Adam. And he was in, he's inviting us, you guys, into a life of dominion, into a life of co-creation. And as I mentioned in the last podcast, right, this is how we are created as new creations. Frankly, even in the beginning, when we were created, when Adam and Eve were created in the image of God, we have been, we are fashioned in the very image of God. And the way that God made us to operate as, as he made us to be creative by our very nature. And what I mean by that is that we are already creating all the time by our very nature. We are creating, we are creating with our words. We are creating with our focus. We are creating with our thoughts, with our attitudes, with our emotions. You guys, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And I've shared this many, many times. This is not just a scriptural principle. This is a scientific principle. This is a quantum physics principle, meaning that what we observe manifests, what we focus on manifests, where we gaze, what we, what we think on manifests. This is why uh, the Lord told Joshua, right? Uh, when Moses had, 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 you know, gone on and it was now Joshua's turn to fulfill uh, the mandate that was on Moses's life to get the Israelites into the promised land. He told Joshua to meditate on his words day and night. He said, observe to do all that is written therein, and then you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. So this idea of meditating on what we want and what is true and what is lovely is not just a good idea to keep us in peace. It's a a prerequisite to creating heaven on earth. And it is our protection and a guard from creating more of hell on earth, from creating more of the things that are according to the pattern of this world. See, our thoughts are tangible. You guys, the moment that we think a thought, do you know that it translates into matter in our own bodies? It it fires certain neural pathways in our brain. It triggers certain chemicals in our brain. It can create uh, happy feelings. Our thoughts can create negative feelings. Our thoughts can turn on adrenaline in our body. It can cause us to uh, release cortisol in our body. I mean, these are things that happen just in our own bodies tangibly and physically from our thoughts. And our thoughts are more than just our own hidden little inner world. No, our thoughts are being observed. What are they being observed by? They're being observed by the creation. Because the way God made creation to function is he made atoms, you guys. He made things at a subatomic level as energy. And this, these subatomic particles respond to human observation and human thought. 
Uh, if you want to get just blown away, well, become a student of quantum physics because what you'll learn that, you know, we know these things like, you know, if you talk to your plants, um, they grow, you know, grow better, you know, and, you, you know, people think, oh, don't, you know, if you talk to your plants, that's just silly, but it's not silly, you guys. This is an actual principle that are, are that plants, for example, respond to human beings, not just our words, by the way, but also our thoughts. There have been experiments that have been done, you guys, where they hooked up these uh, devices to plants. I think it's kind of like, I mean, it's kind of like the concept. It's not a lie detector, but it's kind of like that same concept. And they would hook these, these devices up to plants, and then they would measure the electromagnetic frequencies and measure the energy uh, the response, in other words, of the plants. And when you thought things like uh, negative thoughts about the plants, they would like, or if you burned the plant, it would, it would have a response. And when you blessed the plant and when you had uh, positive thoughts towards the plant, well, guess what? It would react differently. You know, there's little kid science experiments that they do in a lot of like homeschool groups or they do in Christian schools where they take just some rice and they put them in two containers and one container they bless and one container they curse and one decays and gets like, you know, gross and the other one just sustains. It just does nothing happens to it. You know, how did the Israelites, you know, live in the wilderness for 40 years and their shoes didn't wear out? right? Their coats and their clothing did not wear out. How is it possible for these things to occur? Well, it's, they are, it's possible for them to occur because of the, the, the way God created mankind to function. We are creators by our nature, you guys. And so when the apostle Paul says, feast on um, you know, heavenly treasures. In other words, set your mind on things that are above. When we set our mind on things that are above, guess what starts to manifest around us? The things that are above. Now, I get that this is challenging. I get that this is not necessarily how we were wired to think. This is not how we are wired to, you know, necessarily, uh, function in our everyday lives. Why? Because we have we have grown up in a world system that has taught us that the material realm is is the dominating realm. And when we are led by our physical senses rather than our spiritual ones, you guys, we will not be able to dominate anything. In fact, we'll create more of the things that we believe are real. We will continue to perpetuate a natural life and perpetuate the problems that we are, you know, praying to for God to fix simply because we don't know who we really are. We are not assuming the position of being co-seated in Christ in heaven. We don't realize that we are right now we have access to everything that heaven contains and that simply by shifting our focus, we will shift the natural realm. You know, so when God told me to meditate on the scripture for a year, you know, he would wake me up in the morning and I would hear this song singing in my head. It's a beautiful day in the kingdom of God, a beautiful day in the kingdom of God. It's a beautiful day in the kingdom of God. Won't you be mine? You know, and it was just this little play on that, you know, that show, that children's show with Mr. Rogers. But why? Because he wanted me to wake up to remember that my true reality, that my uh, my citizenship was not of this world.
that I am a citizen of heaven and that every day in heaven is a beautiful day. Every day in heaven is a beautiful day to create something beautiful, something glorious, something that glorifies Jesus. And every miracle, i.e. every thing that dominates the natural realm and its natural laws, guess what? It glorifies Jesus. When we co-create and we are uh, taking creative dominion over this realm, guess what we are doing? We are demonstrating the same thing that Jesus was demonstrating and his disciples were demonstrating in his earthly ministry. He told them, as you go preach, saying the kingdom of God is at hand. He said, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead. Freely you have received, freely give. In other words, if you're going to be my disciple, I'm sending you out to announce and demonstrate that heaven is a right now reality. It's a right now reality because Jesus is a right now reality. And he's a right now reality inside of every single one of us. And so, beloved, today is a great day to wake up and believe the gospel. Today is a great day to enter into the good day that's happening in heaven. It's a good day to sit down on the throne of Christ where he is seated at the right hand of God, where you are seated, co-seated with him, and look at things from his perspective. What is the Father saying? What is Jesus saying? What are the angels up to today? What kind of miracles does God want to use you to release today? What does he want you to think on? What does he want you to say? What does he want you to observe? Well, I can guarantee he's not asking you to observe things that 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 aren't in heaven. He's not asking you to observe sickness. He's not asking you to observe lack. He's not asking you to observe depression and all the things that are wrong with your kids and going wrong in your life and your career and your family. No. Why? Because when we focus on what's wrong, what happens? Guess what? We don't make our way prosperous and we don't have good success. We actually create the opposite of what we actually desire. Desire and focusing on what we desire is how God operates, right? God doesn't think negative thoughts. He does not keep a record of wrongs. When he looks at humanity, he sees Jesus. He doesn't look at what's wrong with people. He calls things that be not as though they are. He calls Gideon a mighty man of valor. He calls Abraham the father of a nation. He called Peter, you know, when his name uh, was, um, all of a sudden I forgot Peter's name, right? Uh, I'm saying Saul, but that's Paul. But he called Saul Paul, right? He called Simon Peter, right? He he didn't even, he changed people's names if that's what was required for them to get that they were not who they thought they were, that God had a destiny for them. God saw them differently than they saw themselves. And he was simply speaking over them who they really were. You know, I know that that's not necessarily easy to do when the people around you are acting crazy. They're, they're, they're acting out of the old man. They're acting out of a deception that they are separated from God and they're triggered and all of this stuff is coming out of their mouth that is not in alignment with the gospel. But beloved, we are to live above those things. We are to stand in the truth of the gospel, regardless of what it looks like. And so what that means is that we have to live from another source of vision. 
We have to live from a place that where we are operating with enlightened eyes. We have to look beyond the natural realm and live from this place of a co-ascended reality with Christ. And so, you know, many times I'll tell people, you know, whenever we're, whenever I'm leading them and I'm coaching them into a new truth, I'll tell them to close their eyes. I'll say, close your eyes because you see better. And really that's true. It's true that, that our natural eyes are just a horrible source of information. They are going to give us all kinds of information that is nothing more than manifested lies. You guys, in the same way that truth can manifest itself in the natural realm, well, guess what? So can lies. And when we are just looking with our natural eyes, we have to be able to, to recognize, wow, that is just a manifested lie. That sickness is just a manifested lie. That lack is just a manifested lie. And it's not the truth. And it is, it is changeable. It is transformable. In energy terms, it's transmutable. And as we focus and as we uh, shift our, our inner vision and we see things from the, the perspective of heaven, we will see things differently. There is a way for heaven to be overlaid onto this realm. Uh, many of you know that I was called into ministry in a series of, you know, what they call open visions. And what open visions mean is that simply your spiritual sight is now uh, you're being able to see it through your natural eyes. Now, what was interesting about the vision that I had is that it actually was it wasn't like the natural realm completely went away. But it was also not just an internal vision in my imagination. It was an overlay vision. It was an overlay onto the natural realm. And I began to see what heaven was doing while I was sitting in my car at a gas station. And isn't that an interesting place to be called into ministry? So holy. But anyway, you know, it's like I began to see an army marching, right? I began to see uh, these fighter jets flying over and I began to have a complete experience of heaven while my eyes were still open and while I could see the natural realm. But guess what? The natural realm was not what I was paying attention to. I wasn't paying attention to the cars driving down the street or the people pulling into the gas station uh, to, to get gas. No, I was paying attention to the angels that had showed up on the left side of me and were, were, you know, materializing and dematerializing. I was, I was paying attention to this highway that was going up and down from, from, uh, up and down to the location, right in heaven, out of heaven. And I was hearing the voice of God speak to me at the same time, the natural realm was just going on like business as usual. And so you guys, it is possible to, um, be able to look at the natural realm, but not see the natural realm, not get distracted by the natural realm. And if you are going to co-create heavenly realities and you are going to create the desires that God has placed in your heart, if you are going to create the goals that he has, that we're going to advance you towards your destiny, right? What is your pressing towards the next mark of the high calling that is on your life, then you are going to have to train your spiritual senses. You're going to have to first understand the truth. You're going to have to understand that at the same time I'm seated, seated, seated here in this chair in my office, that I'm also co-seated in heaven 
uh, in Christ. And so I am bi-locational. I am, I am really not even just bi-locational. Christ is holding all things together. There, I have access to any location in any dimension at any time because that's where Jesus's presence is and I'm in him. And the same is true of you, beloved. But the first thing we've got to do is we've got to, we've got to wake up. We've got to wake up to the gospel. And so many times we have not taken the time to actually really understand what Jesus was accomplishing on Calvary. We don't understand that it was a Genesis, that all things have been made new, that all things have been redeemed, that we have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness, that we don't fellowship with darkness at all anymore, that we, that our lives have, the ties of this life have been severed. We no longer just exist in this natural realm as natural human beings. We have to understand the gospel and we need to meditate on it in the same way that John Joshua, uh, God told Joshua to meditate on that day and night. Guess what? We need to meditate on it day and night. We need to fill our thoughts with heavenly realities and feast on all of the treasures of heaven. What does it mean to feast? It means to eat, right? It means to digest. It means to, you know, gorge yourself on the good news of the gospel. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And when you are thinking on heavenly realities, guess what you're creating? It's no different than, you know, thinking something and the plant responding. All of creation is moaning and groaning for the manifestation of the sons of God who know who they are, who understand their co-creative nature and their responsibility to abide in Christ and create heaven here on earth. You guys, so you must, you must not get distracted with the natural realm. And you guys, this is an everyday exercise. This is your workout. This is your spiritual workout every single day. You guys, we have to stay spiritually minded. That's where our life is found. That's where our peace is found. It is found in our connection with our union with Jesus. This morning, I was up early reading out of Philippians, and it was so good in the mirror translation. I literally copied it word for word, starting in Philippians 4 verse 2. I mean, I have pages of scripture, four pages here of me just copying the scriptures and some of uh, Francois' notes right into my journal. Why? Because writing is another way to get it into me. Right. It, it's like I'm eating it as I'm writing it. I'm not just reading it. I'm writing it. Every word that I'm writing is coming into me through a physical activity. And so I just want to read a little bit of what I wrote today. OK, it says engage, engage rather. Sorry, I'm talking so fast and so excited. My tongue's getting tied here. So engage your thoughts to follow the direct and easy way of grace. Then you will together fulfill your mission in the Lord without distraction. Okay, this is a prescription to how not get distracted, right? Engage your thoughts. Engage your thoughts, you guys. If you don't want to be distracted, then don't let your thought life be a distracted thought life. No, we need to engage on purpose and meditate on the truth and what we are creating. It says this, joy is not a luxury option. Joy is your constant. Your union in the Lord is your permanent source of delight. Okay, I want to stop here for a moment. If you are not living in joy and you are not living in delight, then it is absolutely true that you are not thinking truthful thoughts. 
You have forgotten the truth. You have been distracted. And now you have forgotten who you really are. Joy and peace is, and delight is, our, is the constant emotional state of someone who is not distracted from their union with Jesus. Okay, here's what it says. Your union in the Lord is your permanent source of delight. Your union in the Lord is your permanent source of delight. So our union with Jesus and filling our thoughts with the truth about the gospel and what it means for us brings forth the emotion of delight. Well, how many of you want to live in a constant state of joy and delight? Well, then don't get distracted. Don't be focusing on what you don't want. Don't be focusing on the obstacles and the problems and all of the trials and the tribulations. No, focus on the truth. You are seated in heavenly places. You are co-ascended. You are co-ruling with Jesus right now. If you don't like what you see, well, shift what you see. If you don't like what you what you say, what you see, don't just speak what you see. Speak what you see in the spirit. Begin to get into that space of dominion and creation with God. And so it says, here's what he says. Your union in the Lord is your permanent source of delight. So I might as well say it again. Rejoice in the Lord always. This kind of joy empowers you to show perfect courtesy towards all people. The Lord is not nearer to some than what he is to others. Listen to this. Your joy makes the gospel visible and irresistible, especially in the midst of problems, you guys, especially in the midst of something that looks contrary to heaven, right? Your joy is proof that you're living from another realm. It says every definition of distance is canceled. Every definition of distance from heaven, every definition of distance from God has been canceled as well as every excuse, it says here, to feel miserable and neglected. Wow, these are powerful words from the Apostle Paul. This is in Philippians, right? So this was written when he was in prison. This is not just a message that he was thinking was a good idea. This was a reality that he was living. In fact, it says here in that, that chapter and in the book of Philippians that he was he was converting everybody in the prison because he was demonstrating that he was living from another dimension. How? Just through his emotions, just through the way that he was thinking, just through the way that he was being in the middle of that situation. He says, let no anxiety or anything distract you. Rather, translate moments into prayerful worship and soak your requests in gratitude before God. You know, in the last episode, we talked about the as if it's done state, meaning that when we are creating with God and we see something that has yet to manifest in the natural realm, the way to stay in that is through, first of all, recognizing that it's already done. It's already done in the spirit, which means that it's all you have to do is be thankful for it and be grateful for it and keep looking at it. Right. And you just stay in this as if done state. You are grateful as if the situation has already been shifted. Right. And this is what the Apostle Paul saying. He says, don't let don't get anxious about it. Don't let that distract you. No, translate every moment into prayerful worship. In other words, magnify me. Stay focused. Exalt me. Worship me. And then just your quest, just, just be grateful. Be grateful that the promise has already been fulfilled, 
right? And it says, and in this place of worship and gratitude, you will witness how the peace of God within you echoes the awareness of your oneness in Christ Jesus. Okay, I'm gonna say that part again before I read the next part. It says, in this place of worship and gratitude, you will witness how the peace of God within you echoes the awareness of your oneness in Christ Jesus beyond the reach of any thought that could possibly unsettle you. You guys, this is the prescription for anxiety. This is the prescription for depression. This is the prescription for negative emotional states. Recognize that you have forgotten your union with Jesus. And as you become aware, as you get into worship and gratitude for heaven being a right now reality, for the new creation and for everything that is already finished, guess what happens? Peace begins to rise up as you become aware and, it, and there's this echo of your union with God, your union with Jesus. And that peace and that re reality of oneness with God is beyond any thought that would unsettle you. Gosh, this is good stuff. No wonder I wrote it down word for word. It says, just like the sentry guard secures a city, watching out in advance for the first signs of any possible threat, your deepest feelings and the tranquility of your thoughts are fully guarded there. Guarded where? In union with Jesus, in this place of co-ascended, co-seated ruling with Jesus. You can't be sad when you're co-ruling. You can't be sad or upset or anxious when you're seated in heavenly places and seeing all of the glory of God and all that he has done. It's impossible to focus on two things at the same time. All that's ever needed is to shift your focus. All that's ever needed is to believe the gospel, to enter back into a settled heart and a settled mind where you are not getting distracted by the natural realm. And as you do this, as you stay in prayerful worship, as you stay in gratitude, as you stay in the place where heaven's reality is more real than the natural world, guess what? Peace and joy and delight become your portion. It becomes how you live. It becomes your, a trait of your personality. It becomes a, a way of being because it's a habit. It's a habit. And this is why Paul says, pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all things, because this is the key to creative dominion. It's the key to dominating anything that's happening in the natural realm and seeing things turn for good in every situation, even in the worst of situations. It says this, it says, this peace is not measured by external, sex, ex external circumstances. It is residing deeply in the innermost parts of your being. We're not talking about a fragile sense of peace that can be easily disturbed. One that we have to fabricate ourselves. No, this is God's peace. The peace that God himself enjoys. This peace surpasses all the confines of our own reasonings and floods our hearts and minds with a tranquility that takes charge of our emotions and well-being in fragile times. You guys, your emotional state will always tell you who you're being. Your, uh, your, it will tell you what you're focusing on. It will tell you you are focused and trapped in the confines of your own reasonings. You are imprisoned in your own mind. That's what it will tell you. You have left the freedom of Jesus, left the freedom of heaven, left the freedom of the gospel, and you have come back into uh, human what do you want to call it? I mean, desperation, human 
hopelessness, human helplessness. Okay. It says, now let this be your conclusive reasoning. Consider that which is true about everyone as evidenced in Christ. Live overwhelmed. Listen to this. So good. Live overwhelmed by God's opinion of you. My goodness. Live overwhelmed by God's opinion of you. For that matter, live overwhelmed by God's opinion of everybody else. You guys, in the church, we have learned division. We have learned us and them. We have learned that when people uh, are acting right, that they are holy. When people are acting wrong, they're not. And we have looked at people that have yet to meet Jesus, have yet to experience the gospel as, you know, these regenerates, right? They're just lost. They're, they're hopeless. We just, we judge them rather than seeing them as redeemed, but not knowing it yet, right? God redeemed them on the cross. God redeemed all things on the cross, but not all of us. Heck, half of us in the church, most of us in the church don't even operate out of the truth of our redemption. So why are we judging others for not acting out of the truth of their redemption? We're all growing. We're all coming into the saving knowledge of Jesus. We're just at different levels. And it's not a reason to boast or something to be proud about just because you have more revelation than someone else. That revelation was given to you by the grace of God. And so it's something to be thankful for. It's something to be humbled by, not something to be boastful and judgmental about for others that maybe haven't gotten the grace that you've received yet, right? It says this, acquaint yourselves with the revelation of righteousness. What? The, ra the righteousness that is comes by faith, the righteousness that comes by the faith of God in himself to do what he already did, which was become the righteousness for all of mankind. This is, it's never a do-it-yourself program. It's never a earn yourself into it. It's always a receive and believe yourself into it. And receiving and believing comes by revelation and revelation by the word of God, by the rhema of God. It comes from God. Holy Spirit is the spirit of revelation. Human beings can't work this up themselves. However, we can acquaint ourselves with it. We can meditate on it. We can make ourselves available to be taught, right? It says, realize God's likeness in you. Make it your business. Listen to this. To declare mankind's redeemed innocence. So instead of, you know, griping about the way people are acting and griping about how everybody's acting all these evil ways and all those things. What if you made it your business not to go ahead and point out what everybody's doing wrong, but you made it your business to declare mankind's redeemed innocence. Let me tell you what, you would operate in delight. You would operate in a peace. And guess what? You would be creating it. You would be creating more and more and more redeemed, awake sons of God. It says, discover how famous everyone is in light of the gospel. Mankind is in God's limelight. Ponder how elevated you are in Christ. Study stories that celebrate life. You guys, these are, I mean, I can keep going because obviously I'm on, on fire with what I read and what I wrote down today. But here's what I, as we wrap, here's what I want to say. Your focus is everything. Uh, if you are going to co-create heaven on earth, if you are going to see miracles, if you are going to shift things in the natural, then the shift begins inside of you. It begins in what you're meditating on. It begins on what you're feasting on. There's another great scripture that says death and life is in uh, the power of the tongue. Those that love it will eat the fruit thereof. What does that mean? It means that we're going to eat the fruit of our words. It means that the fruit of what we speak 
If we love it, if we love words, well, we're going to see fruit from our words. And so there is going to be a manifestation either way. There is, man, that's worth saying again. There's going to be a manifestation either way. What determines what will manifest is where your thoughts go, where your inner world is being, and it will absolutely create beyond you. Why? Out of the abundance of, of a, a good man, out of the abundance of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man, out of the evil things in his heart, bring forth, brings forth evil things. What are these things in our heart? Good things and evil things. Guys, it's our thoughts. It's our beliefs. It's our attitudes. It's our inner world. Our inner world creates our outer world. That's why as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. That's why, you know, the scripture in um, 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I pray above all things that you would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Soul prosperity is the key to outward prosperity. As we think internally, we produce fruit and it will manifest either way for good and for evil, Right. He says, let no evil communication proceed out of your mouth, but only those things that minister grace to the hearer, right? That are for edification purposes. Why? Because our words are creative. You can control a horse with a bit in its mouth. You can control a ship with a simple rudder. You guys, this is just a truth. You are, you are, you are a creative dominion person. You are creatively taking dominion all the time. It's just, what are you creating? And beloved, there is nothing more powerful than Jesus, which means there is nothing more powerful than you. If as Jesus is, so are you in this world, then that means that Jesus is in the middle of your circumstances inside of you. And you and I need to operate with the thoughts of Jesus, with the throne room realities of Jesus, with the meditations of Jesus, so that we can have the results of Jesus in our lives. And so if we aren't getting the results that we, we desire, the results that would happen if we were creating in heaven, then we, de we don't need to look any further than our own inner world. We don't need to look any further than the things that we've been meditating on. Now, is this easy, beloved? I'm not saying that it's easy, but it is simple. It is very simple just to mind your mind. It is simple to, to recognize that whatever I see is a function of what I've been creating. I know this is a hard truth to, to swallow, but this is the truth, you guys. It doesn't just work one way. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. James says that blessing and cursing comes out of our mouth, and it should not be, guys, um, it, it, the word of God wouldn't tell us to think on things that are lovely and pure and of good report. It wouldn't tell us that our peace is tied to our thoughts. It's tied to our um, awareness of union and the gospel. You know, it wouldn't say worship and give thanks and all things if there wasn't power in worshiping and meditating and refocusing on the truth and magnifying God and magnifying the gospel and and being thankful and grateful. These are creative states, just like complaining, just like negativity. It's just the, it just, it's, it's just the way it is. It's the way God created us in his image to function. The difference is that God doesn't think about things that he doesn't want. God doesn't speak about things that he doesn't want. He doesn't call things, you know, the way that they are here in the natural realm. No, he calls things as though they are in the spiritual realm. 
So beloved, this is a powerful truth. It is a, um, what do I want to say? It's a confrontational truth. It is a, a rude awakening sometimes that we are um, creative and we have a part to play in what we see and how things go because faith in God changes anything. And God has the power within us to shift anything, to change anyone. And it is our job to love. It is our job to see the best in things. It is our job to see things and people uh, the way that God sees them. He sees them finished. He sees their destinies fulfilled. He sees good, positive, beautiful things coming from some of the most unlikely characters like the Apostle Paul and the disciples and Gideon and Moses and Abraham and Esther. And the list goes on and on and on. So beloved, we have a responsibility to own our words, to own our internal world and to wake up every day and remember who we are by the power of the Holy Spirit. Get in the word of God. You know, what? instead of journaling about all your problems, journal the word of God. It will cheer you up, you guys. It will make you happy. And I'll tell you, I love the mirror translation. I'm so thankful for Francois and his beautiful understanding of the gospel and of the Greek and of the Hebrew language and his ability to bring the truth of the message into a modern translation. So if you don't have that app, go get it on your phone. Again, I don't get commission, but I should because it will help you. I know that it helps me and we are creating amazing things all the time over here. In fact, we're creating uh, your destiny. We're standing for who you are. We are we are creating things here that 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 teach you uh, how to live this way. And so, my last little you know advice: if you haven't done a break thought, breakthrough call with us, do that. Enroll in Emerge. Work with me. Work with this incredible tribe, and step into this reality as a way of being because it's your focus. And take the time, take some time to actually get this gospel message embodied into your neural pathways, embodied in your physiology, into your subconscious mind, because it does become easier, beloved. It becomes easier when you have a renewed mind to not get distracted, to not forget. And it matters what you focus on. It matters the environment that you find yourself in, because uh, until you're established in these these truths, it's like you don't have deep roots. And when you don't have deep roots, guess what happens when something happens? <laughs> Not good things, right? The external world it, it begins to uh, you know toss us, and and we we get we shift in and out of this, and we're unstable. We're unstable because we're not rooted and grounded in the truth. So God bless you guys. I love you so much. Would love to see you on a breakthrough call and would love to see you in Emerge. But uh, if, if nothing else, get into the word of God, meditate on these truths and keep your hearts filled with the gospel. You truly are more powerful than you've imagined because you're seated right inside of Jesus at the right hand of God right this very minute. So God bless you. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Shalisa's podcast. This recording is, in part, made possible by our listeners. To partner with us, visit Shalice.com, where you can donate and help us spread the good news of our unshakable union with Christ around the globe. You can also find a link there to download Shalice's book, The Path, for free. And if you're ready to discover the call of God on your life and the purpose He created you for, then visit us at Shalice.com and watch Shalice's free training 
where you'll hear five keys to hearing God about your life purpose and transitioning into it. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, don't forget, the world needs the Christ in you.